All right, you ready? Yep. Take two. What's up, everybody? On this podcast, we will seek to examine the stories, the history, the technology, and the ideas that define mankind. We hope that you will join us on this journey as we quest for what makes us human. What's going on, JR? Oh, not much. Getting ready to go on a trip, so we're uh, recording this a couple days early. Yep. Happy so, Friday. But it'll it'll still come out on Wednesday, our normal you know release. Yeah. You're going camping, right? I'm going camping. We're taking my uh, my six-year-old nephew, who's been uh, asking yeah. us to go camping. So um, that be an interesting experience, but it should be fun. Well, that's great. And you're going to be staying overnight or a couple of nights? Yeah, a couple of nights. And, um, you know, just national forests, so no facilities or anything around. He's had a lot of questions around uh, what do we do about the fact that there's no bathroom. So Pooping in the woods. So, yeah. Yeah, did not take us more than a minute to get to poop in this particular uh, episode. In the woods. Yeah. Yeah, so you dig a hole. Do we really need to go into this? Well, it, it, well you know, that would really hurt my knees at this age. <laughs> so, being that I'm 44. Uh. So, yeah, uh, episode 12, and we are talking about the Beagle Brigade. I'm interested in this one because I'm... We, we've talked a little bit about it, but it's not a topic that I know a whole lot about. Right. So. It's our cutest topic ever. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. Um, all right, so let me start with a question. What is the weirdest, strangest thing that you've ever taken into an airport? Or I, a family member or whatever. Yeah, I, I've, I've flown a handful of times, but you know, all post 9-11... So everybody, I think, is a little more cognizant of, of what they're taking with them into the airport because they know what, what they're going to be dealing with. Yeah. But uh, So I don't really have an, uh, a story of my own, but uh, there is one that my family tells from when my older brother was, was little. They had went to the airport. I think maybe it was to pick up Papal. He was... Uh, he was working, uh, the company he worked for had the contract to put out the Kuwaiti oil fires in the early 90s. So, Paul. Yeah. So he was going to the, uh, they were going to the airport, I think, to pick him up, but I, okay. I don't remember. They were going to the airport for some, some reason. And uh, they get to the airport, and this was, of course, before all the, this is when you could actually go to the terminal to meet the person that uh, you know, was yeah. coming in. Yeah, you get all days. So... In between um, D.B. Cooper and 9-11. Yeah, so they, they did have to, you know, deal with some level of security, but not not like today. And uh, they start going through the airport, and uh, Mom realizes, to her horror, that my brother has this, uh, to hear her tell, very realistic-looking toy revolver in his in his bag. Nice. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a little kid. And uh, she has a little bit of a, a freak-out moment as they try to dispose of this thing before they get to airport security without, you know, freaking anybody else out. So so they dumped a little toy revolver in a trash can in a men's room somewhere? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember all the details of how they got rid of it, but yeah, pretty much. They just tossed it. So when I was real little, when I was... Uh, We'll make this real quick because this has nothing to do with the Beagle Brigade at all. But <laughs> at, I think it was in 1981 that Reagan got shot. And I was staying with my Mima and Pawpaw. To you, he's Papaw. To me, he's Peepaw. Okay. Uh, my Mima and Pawpaw Smith in Winget, North Carolina, out in the middle of nowhere. And we went through a license check 
and we had just heard on the radio that Reagan had been shot. Well, they had just bought me at the store, and we were coming home from the store, but they had just bought me a toy pistol, and it looked real, except for the little orange thing on the end there. Yeah. And I'm like, let's see, five. Okay. Maybe not even five years old. We're at the license check. The guy walks up, the officer walks up to the window, and I burst into tears because we had heard on the radio that they had caught a guy named John Hinckley Jr. I think that's who that was. Okay. And my name is... John. Without the H, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't kill the president! I didn't shoot the president! You know, and yeah, so... I bet the officer had a nice laugh out of that one. Yeah, yeah. So there's my little toy gun story. So uh, today is the Beagle Brigade, and... This is a really good one. So these little cute little guys are federal officers. And they work for APHIS. A-P-H-I-S. You gotta love federal acronyms. Yeah. Okay. And APHIS, A-P-H-I-S, stands for Animal Plant Health Inspection Service. So these dogs, they're not into heroin and uh, they're not too cool for school. So they're not doing all the drugs. You know, they're not into heroin and marijuana and all that stuff and meth or whatever. They're looking for um, that pork sandwich that you've got in a Ziploc bag in your backpack or that pack of seeds uh, that you bought and you wanted to bring here to America and, and plant, you know, from your original country or maybe a country you visited and you wanted to plant those seeds in your garden or something like that. So they're looking for, uh, like APHA stands for Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service. They're looking for animal plant material that's in your luggage. Okay. Yeah, at the airport. So um, the first Beagle Brigade was started in 1984 at LAX, so Los Angeles International airport way back in 84. Now there are 120 teams of Beagle Handler, uh, you know, duos. And uh, so you may see, and this all across the U.S., there's 120 teams of them. And uh, so at an airport that is an international airport Mm -hmm. here in America, you may see a handler with a Beagle on his leash and he's just walking around and that dog will walk up to various people and just sniff their luggage for just a second and keep on walking. Okay. Now here's the thing. If the dog sniffs your luggage and then sits and looks at either you or your luggage, you're like, oh, how cute, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's a federal dog, a federal agent, you know, here with our family, let's get a picture. Well, you've just been pulled over and you don't know it. Okay. And uh, the dog is, is given his sign. Now, sometimes he'll actually take his or her paw and touch your luggage and yeah and he's saying this is exactly where i'm smelling something that ain't supposed to be here mm-hmm. yeah all right so they work for aphis once again it's the animal plant and health inspection service now back in 1972 the usda made aphis its lead agency for guarding the health of our u.s agricultural system so the united states agricultural system is I think I've read somewhere that it deals in with like two trillion dollars worth of imports and exports and uh, between all the plant and animal material that is handled. Uh, so it is a major, major deal here in the United States. We're one of the leading countries obviously in the world with food production and all these different things that go into that. 
Okay. So the Beagle Brigade is responsible for at our borders, and it's weird to think that like at Denver International Airport, that's considered a border in a way, um, because you've got folks that are coming in, and we need to make sure that that they're not bringing in something that may have a weevil or <laughs> or uh, some sort of mite yeah. that destroys plant material that's not supposed to be here in the United States because it could decimate a particular industry. Okay. You know. Yeah, I I, uh, I think we dealt somewhat with these folks with U.S. Customs when we were coming back from um, from South America from from Bolivia, and I know we did coming in coming driving across the border from Canada. So a couple couple quick stories. One, we we had been in Bolivia for a mission trip. We're coming back, and uh, we you know, our first stopover is in Miami. Okay, and we go up to customs. The day before, we had had an unexpected um, layover in Bolivia. So we had a day to kill, and we went out and went four-wheeling. Oh, nice. Okay. So, the, but the problem with that was we didn't have our checked luggage. We only had our carry-ons. We went out and went four-wheeling and got covered head-to-toe in mud. So, you know, we, we had to change clothes in our carry-on, so we, we changed clothes. But there was no time to do laundry or anything, so we uh... put our muddy clothes in uh, in plastic bags and yeah. put them in our carry-on. So we go walk up to the customs area and they're checking our passports and stuff and looking at our bags. And they get to my bag and they unzip this carry-on and there's just, you know, tied up plastic bags and down at the like bottom poop of it. in the woods. <laughs> and uh, and they so I was I was 17 I think at this point. And so they asked they're like um, you know, what what is this? And uh, someone else in our group spoke up, and, and they were like, you know, we, we went four-wheeling yesterday, and, and, you know, we have our, our clothes from that, muddy clothes from that. And uh, the customs agent kind of looked at it. I guess society did not want to open that bag and let us through. Oh, okay. And it always surprised me a little bit because they tend to be very strict on those yeah. sorts of things that, you know, what insects or whatever else could have been in the or eggs or whatever could have been in this mud mm-hmm. that they just kind of didn't bat an eye at and just, you know, let through. Yeah. The opposite of that was we're driving back from Canada and we cross over into the U.S. Right there at... Uh... Up near Maine. Up, oh, up, okay. Up at Maine. Right. So, I was thinking Niagara Falls. And the, the group we had been working with that week had packed us all a lunch for our trip back. And so we had this big cooler. They come through, unlike going in, into Canada where they just kind of, what are you doing? You know, why are you coming? Okay, go on. Going back in the U.S., they made us all get off, checked all our passports, you know, everything, asked a bunch of questions. And they come to this cooler and they're like, you know, what's this? And we're like, you know, it's, it's lunch, it's food. And so they start going through this thing. And they took our bananas. Huh. They didn't take anything. It was like sandwiches and stuff. They didn't take anything else, but they took our bananas. Interesting. Did uh, were the bananas purchased in Canada? Well, everything in that cooler came from Canada. Oh, it makes sense. Okay. So they took the bananas, and, and as we leave, they're just sitting on the you know the counter as we were driving off, and we just couldn't help but think these people are probably just gonna like eat these bananas you know after we leave or whatever. But yeah. um, so one instance of them seemingly not caring that we may be bringing something into the U.S. And another instance of them being so alert to it that, oh, we're going to take your bananas, which were probably the same Chiquita bananas you could right. get in the U.S., but, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, from what I've read this week, 
anything that the beagle hits on, or what's the word I'm looking for, makes a sign about... Um, signals. There, there it is. Anything that the beagle signals at is kept there in the customs area and uh, is incinerated on site. Okay. Yeah. So your bananas would have gone up literally in flames. Sure. Pretty yeah. sure they might have just eaten them, but you know. Right. Yeah. The, they might not I, have I guess I guess they could have incinerated our clothes coming into Miami. <laughs> right. They yeah. might have. Yeah. So uh, the Beagle's working for APHIS. APHIS states its job as protecting the animal and plant resources of the nation and to carry out a poultry and meat inspection program. APHIS protects us from, and once again, this is who the beagles are technically working for, invasive non-native plants. Uh, APHIS protects us from, uh, it monitors management of existing agricultural pests that they are aware of that are out there. Uh, resolution and management of trade issues related to plant and animal health and prevention of inhumane treatment of animals. Okay. So the people smuggling strange animals in their clothing is part of what they're looking for. Yes. Okay. And that gets weird. It does. It gets really odd. Well, it makes it so if you're, if you're going to fly soon, just look around you while you're on the airplane. There may be a person nearby you with little plastic tubes that are filled with baby birds that have little holes in the tubes so they can breathe and then the tubes are sewn into the lining of their sport coat and by the time they get where they're going 50 percent of the birds have died and then it's up to a beagle to sniff them out and find them really weird yeah and then that made me wonder well what do they they may incinerate the dead birds they found, but what do they do with the live birds that they found? You know, certainly they don't incinerate those. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So as federal officers for APHIS, um, they have authority. That's one of the things of being a federal officer. You have to have some sort of authority or your, your uh, position is useless. Um, so... Their authority comes under the several acts that the United States has instituted. The main one is the uh, Animal Health Protection Act. It governs the protection. It governs the prevention, detection, control of diseases and pests of animals. Then there's also the Animal Welfare Act of 1966, which prevents the theft of pets for the sale for sale to research facilities. So the Animal Welfare Act of 1966 prevents the theft of pets that are going to be sold at research facilities. That is horrible to think of your pet being stolen from you and then sold to a research facility. It is, but that's interesting that that has anything to do with this group. Yeah, like the birds. The baby, the itty bitty birds and yeah, stuff like but that. But in most cases, those are you know exotic pets. They're going to be sold as exotic pets somewhere or something. Yeah, but I guess if you're trying um, to sneak them in without... Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, obviously you'd have to read the, the the full act. But just based on the the kind of the title, it doesn't seem like what that act is doing has really anything to do with what this group is doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll get into this. A main thing that they're... Well, I'll go ahead and read it. Where, where is it? 
Animal Damage Control Act of March 2nd, 1931. This is for the control of invasive animal species. And in 1991, it was amended to include the brown tree snake from Guam. Okay. And evidently, the brown tree snake in Guam, if it makes it into the, which is the United States territory, if it makes it here, it would do extensive damage to our ecosystem. Sure. So, sort of like the pythons that people release in the Florida Everglades yeah. that cause such a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another uh, way that they have authority is under the Lacey Act, which is unlawful to export or import, sell, etc., a fish, plant, or wildlife that's been sold in violation of the law. That <laughs> almost sounds like the Animal Welfare Act of 1966. Um, some other acts are the So it's a law to say it's illegal to break the other law. That's right, yep. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love bureaucracy. Okay, yep. go ahead. Gotta love it. There's the Plant Protection Act, which has 10 plant health laws inside of it. Then there's the Federal Seed Act, the Animal Quarantine Act, and last but not least, the Honey Bee Act. We'll have to put on our mature hat for just a moment. I just thought this was really weird. It, it prevents, now you talk about bureaucracy in action, buddy. We had some folks uh, with some red tape make sure they that we're being protected, us and our honeybees, are being protected from invasive honeybee species from other continents and their semen. All right. So we gotta make sure that that does not make it outside of LAX or Charlotte Douglas International Airport when it shows up. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I understand honeybees are important. You know, without them, we don't have a lot of our food, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So these beagles, they train at the National Detector Dog Training Center in Noonan, Georgia. That's a mouthful. The NDDTC, the National Detector Dog Training Center in Noonan, Georgia. Okay. Uh, and they, these dogs, once they're there, a lot of them are rescue dogs. They've been taken out of bad situations. Most of them, obviously, are beagles or mostly beagle, mom's beagle, dad's from a good neighborhood kind of thing. Um, but And they, they need to be in between one and three years of age to begin the nine to 13 week training program. And what they are trained to do is sniff out five smells, five scents. And those scents are citrus. Now I'm not a big fruit person, so I thought this was counterintuitive, I'm not sure. But the first one, main one, is citrus, and then the second one's mango. Is mango not a citrus? I just thought that was weird. I don't know how it's classified, but the texture's different. Okay, I don't eat fruit hardly. I eat watermelon and apples, and that's about it. So, And I can eat grapes, but I gotta bite them in half. I, that's I, a whole yeah, I don't, I don't know what makes I don't know what makes something citrus. Maybe it's the acidic content or something. Okay. And may, may, maybe mango doesn't have enough a high enough acidic you know, content. I'm not sure. The texture is definitely a little different. If you think about like a mango versus an orange or a lemon or a lime or something. Okay. Well, they're taught to sniff out five major sniffers. Citrus, mango, pork, beef, and apple. Okay. <laughs> Evidently, dogs hate the smell of citrus. I did not know that until this morning, finishing up my, my looking at this, but evidently dogs cannot stand a citrus smell. So 
uh, citrus, mango, pork, beef, and apple. And basically, the dog is not, you know, the dog is not trained to say, hey, we, I now understand that we have to protect the United States agricultural business, you know. The dog is simply trained to say, ooh, if I smell the smell in that bag and I point at it, they'll give me a treat. Yeah. Yeah, so the dog is going to make a living earning treats for himself or herself, you know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. They go through nine different tests, and I'm not sure what all the tests are, but the tests run through their temperament, behavior, um, and their health status to make sure that the dog is healthy enough to pull off the job. Um, and by the time training is done, I think the last test is actually in a working airport. And you wouldn't want to get all the way to there and then fail, you know, so hopefully the, the dog makes it through that final test. But by the time they pass their final test, they are a federal agent working for the USDA under the authority of APHIS. And so if you were to kick this dog or something, you have just assaulted a federal agent. And so they're a Billy Bat butt, you know what I mean? And they're walking around that airport with the tail up, the nose down, and they're looking for a way to get a treat. Yeah. And that's common for those types of dogs anyway. I mean, you you guys have a beagle, correct? Yeti the beagle. Yeah. Um, I have a walker hound, that, you know, so in the hound dog family, not a beagle. But in, particularly in, in the case of ours, he's pretty much blind. Um, but even before that, he... he processes the world by smelling things there was like nose. everywhere he goes his nose to the ground that's you know that's how he sees the world so it's to speak. amazing so and they say that like when your dog goes up to an oak tree and sniffs the tree that especially a walker hound or a beagle that they're they don't just smell all the smells that we smell everything at once but yeah. they smell the ant and the the roach and the bark and the moisture they get all that you yeah know? It's really amazing. Um, they have, evidently, a beagle nose has 225 million olfactory receptors, and we have barely five. So five receptors or five million? Five receptors? million. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can smell some. <laughs> yeah. But 225 million of those things. So that explains how they're able to, uh, to sniff this stuff out. And we're going to put on Facebook and social media, Instagram and whatnot, pictures i'll put a, a couple pictures up of yeti my dog um since he's a beagle because he has a doppelganger that works for or worked uh for this department that okay. you'll see in there it's amazing how much that one dog looks like yeti but we'll put these cute pictures up all right all right so what does the beagle do they actually live they don't live with their handlers they live in a kenneled area outside of the airport nearby with all the other beagles that they work with. Um, and they're hanging out, they have a nice place, you know, and then their handler shows up to work at the airport and gets ready and everything. And I guess they have a safety meeting like they do everywhere now. And then, uh, then they get their beagle that they work with every day, uh, put on the federal agent vest, uh, leash up, on the collar and out into the airport terminal they go. They typically hang around the baggage claim area. Now this is pretty posh living right here. The Beagle gets 15 minutes every hour or so as a break. That's okay. pretty nice. Yeah. Sure. And people he, don't get that. And he gets an hour, he or she gets an hour for lunch. All right. So this is nice. Yeah, really nice uh, work environment. Those federal jobs. That's right, buddy. And if they're three years old, 
when they join up as a federal agent, they know they get to retire at eight years old. So they got a full five years of a career and then they get their retirement. And in retirement, they're, uh, they have a vetting process, obviously, where they look for a home that the Beagle can go to that's a good home. But a lot of the times, they'll end up living with their handler from the airport. Sure. Yeah. And then once the day's over, at the end of an eight-hour workday or 10-hour workday, what have you, um, they go back to their nice kenneled area, and the, uh, the handler goes to their home. And I, I did... I did run into a couple of remarks online where people were like, oh, they're kenneled, you know, for all those years. But if you think about it, these dogs are in hog heaven, sometimes literally, <laughs> uh, at the airport. I mean, they're among people, they're happy, and they are sniffing out a way to get a treat. And they're making hits constantly throughout the day. So they're getting lots of treats. Sure. Uh, and uh, kenneled can mean a couple of different things. So. Yeah. Their environment could be good or, or could not. I mean, that's a very broad term. But doesn't sound too bad. Now, I can't remember his name. There, I, saw, I ran into so many just pictures and stories, but uh, one of the cra- and I put a picture of it on social media, but one of the craziest things I ran into was a woman from Peru was coming to celebrate Christmas with her family here in the States. This is kind of sad. Um, and she had prepared an entire pig. Mm. I mean, all it needed was the sauce. Yeah. I mean, it was ready. It looked good, too. It's ready to go in the tinfoil, and she had it in its own bag. <laughs> and this, of course, this beagle from a mile away is like, ooh, we got one, you know. And he goes and just sits like, we got a whole suckling pig, you know, right here. Um, and, of course, it gets incinerated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, especially for the family back home that's waiting on Meemaw's pig to show up. Yeah. Um, some other things that they have found. Uh, of course, every fruit and vegetable under the sun has been hit. Live birds. Some birds that did not make it, so some dead birds. Rhinoceros skin has been detected. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. An entire goat's head in a carry-on. I think that's kind of scary. An entire goat's head. The whole head of a goat. Imagine you're sitting on a plane and the guy next to you opens a bag and pulls out something. And you just happen to catch a glimpse and you're like, I think I saw an eyeball. That would be creepy. You know, what has that guy got in his backpack? Yeah, I mean, what... Well, it raises questions. What purpose did this guy have for having a goat's head? I've heard of a sheep's head. In, uh, I think in South Africa, they eat something called a smiley. Okay. And you pick it up on Friday and eat on it the whole weekend. And a smiley is a sheep's head. You start with the cheap meat and work your way around. And the, by Sunday evening, you're eating you know, the gross stuff. Huh. You ever heard of a smiley? I have not, um, and I'm all for nose-to-tail good usage of an animal, but with a goat, I feel like there's not much there, if you're just talking about the head. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> that's so nasty. So, that's, that's interesting. Um, does the U.S. have any rules around importing durian fruit? 
Are you familiar with durian? Oh, that's that nasty. That's the thing that smells so bad that it's like banned in some places. Yeah, probably. Um, I bet you can't. Bring I think that. you. I think you can buy them here, though. Oh well. Well, you can so, also buy bananas. That's you true. Can't bring them from Canada. You have to bring them in the right way, I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there. I used to watch a guy on TV that would eat. What was his name? He would eat any and everything. Um, he was bald headed. I saw him suck the guts of a slug out of a glass bottle. <laughs> That's the nastiest thing I've ever seen. But then he ate pit viper ice cream and started dry heaving on camera. So that was like the sentence of the year right there. Andrew Zimmerman, maybe? Did you ever watch something like that? I I did. Um, Andrew a- Andrew Zimmerman is his name. Uh, he re- he had a show called Bizarre Foods. That's it. I was uh, I was trying to remember if he was the one who uh, passed away or not. Oh. One of one of the guys who did something like that. No, it doesn't looks like he's still alive. One of the guys who did something like that, like traveled around and ate strange food, um, passed away a couple of years ago now. But I don't remember who. It was. I don't remember his name now. Hmm. But it was not Andrew Zimmern. Okay. How did we get in all that? The goat's head. The goat's head. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. So airports that these little fellas work at are JFK, O'Hare's in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chicago O'Hare, LAX, um, Denver International, Dallas Fort Worth. San Francisco International, Hartsfield Jackson in Atlanta. I had no idea that's what the Atlanta airport was called. Hartsfield Jackson. Is that the main airport in Atlanta or is there more than one? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Orlando International, Miami International, LaGuardia, which is in, where's LaGuardia? New York or New Jersey. It's it's, it's for New York City, but I don't remember. I had never heard of Detroit Metro Wayne County. Yeah. Okay. And that, yeah, and that is the main airport in Atlanta. You're right. All right. And then PHX, which would be Phoenix. I've flown into that one. Yeah, me too. Once, and it was really hot. And then our own nearby Charlotte Douglas International. Yeah. Is Greensboro International? Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. Okay, so no beagles. So. So if you if you're at an international airport and you go to certain baggage claims and you look and watch. Eventually, you're going to see a happy beagle come out there, and he is looking to sig. What did you say? Signal. Yeah. Yeah. Signal at somebody's luggage. So why do they use beagles? It's because they're cute. They're not intimidating. You know what is the what's the canine called? A Malinois that the officers use the police. Um, German Malinois or something. That's not how you pronounce it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Malinois they'll, they'll, or something. They'll use those or those and German Shepherds or those mixed with German Shepherds. Okay. Yeah. yeah see, those are intimidating. Yeah. That looks I like mean, a, they're they're usually trained as attack dogs. Yeah, they're, they are. And there's, I think, they use Labrador Retrievers for the brown snake from Guam. So okay. there are several dogs at every airport that you may not that no. you may not see. I guess the the lab must be better suited to that particular animal yeah. than a beagle or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've never seen this in action. Um, I would like to see it in action. Uh, I would I would drive down to Charlotte Douglas today if I had the time 
just to be like, ooh, can I see one of these vehicles, yeah. you know? Also, I think the baggage claim is on the other side of security, so these days you couldn't get to it anyway. That's why and, you're not, oh, Unless you okay. had a ticket Okay. Well, they do, I know they walk them around amongst the people, because in most of the pictures you can see the person that's been nailed and they're getting out, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes they're behind there, sometimes they're, I've literally seen them in a picture on the turn, that's not a turnstile, what's it called, the thing where the baggage comes in? and rolls around or whatever oh uh, yeah i've seen yeah. them on that thing walking around sniffing hmm. and then okay. you, yeah and then i've seen them just sitting there with their paw on somebody's luggage like oh you're busted dude yeah yeah but yeah if you, if you think about it um charlotte douglas is this way most of the other airports are similarly set up but there's basically nothing on this side of security in charlotte douglas except the desk where you go to get your tickets or, oh, or something like okay. that like yeah, that's true. everything else is on the other side of security so baggage claim and all of that but it's way back there yep yeah that's like one of the first things you walk into when you walk in is security and if you don't have a flight ticket you're not getting past that point so okay so you may not get to see beagles unless you know you're flying somewhere ah all right so that means we need to take a trip <laughs> now i will post um I wanted to look it up as I'm talking just so I can say his name. There is the cutest picture of a dog. and He looks a little bit like my Yeti, um, my, my beagle named Yeti. Uh, his name is Shiloh, and at his retirement celebration, they've got this little cake with his name on it that he's standing on his hind legs and he's sniffing at the cake. And he actually made it uh, eight years, so he worked a little bit past nine or eight years old maybe into his ninth year okay but it's just really cute to see and there's officers all there and the, all the other beagles are there and they're offering him this uh this cake and he's wearing his um vest that says protecting american agriculture as one of the other beagles is looking on at his retirement celebration nice so uh shiloh is getting ready to access his canine pension so well that's about all i got on the beagle brigade man all right. The pictures are going to be great. They they're just so good. Yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a fun topic. As uh, I guess as this record after this releases, it will be after the fourth. So I hope everybody had a good Independence Day and um, you be can careful with those fireworks. Well, at this point, when this comes out, they've either lost their fingers or they haven't. Oh, that's right. So, but. You can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us, WMUHpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you have any topic suggestions. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Please rate us on whichever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That is a great way to help people find the show as well as you know sharing it on social media. That so really we, helps. Yeah, we uh, definitely appreciate everyone's support there. Anything else, John? I think that is all. All right. So there we have it, the Beagle Brigade. Uh, Y'all have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.